0: Welcome back to another episode of the Style Frame Saturdays podcast, the podcast dedicated to ideation, visual storytelling, and concept development as it pertains to an animated production. We'll be breaking down the brief of our guests' favorite style frames and also get a glimpse into the inspiration and workflows behind their frame of choice as well. We've got a great episode for you today with Matthew Encina, a motion designer, content creator, educator, and all-around creative based out of Southern California. So let's dive in. Matthew, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It's an, a real honor to have you here. How's everything going?
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Caroline. And it's uh, it's going great, man. I'm just uh, enjoying enjoying life right now, enjoying this day, and uh, so glad we can connect. And thank you for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, since starting this podcast and, and having been a student, actually, of your Style Frame course in the past... Um, I've always thought it would be a lot of fun to have you as a guest on the show. So I'm really happy that we can make that happen today. But um, before we dive into the details of of the show, I'd love to start at the very beginning with you. I know you are quite a familiar face in the motion design world. Um, But for anyone who isn't familiar with you, would you mind telling our audience a little bit about your backstory and how you got into the fields of motion design, education and content creation?
1: Sure. So uh, I've been a creative professional now for 20 years. Um, I studied graphic design in school, uh, first at art Institute in Los Angeles, and then eventually I graduated at art center where at art center, I found my passion and love for motion design because that's where it got introduced to me. And that was back in, uh, 2005 to 2007. And at that point, that was kind of like, I think the peak I felt a peak or like at one of the peaks of motion design where it was this really beautiful moment in time where it was so much about mixed media. The rules were still being written in terms of um, what you can use in motion design. And there was a lot of uh, inventiveness that was happening um, or innovation that was happening at the time because people were mashing together things on screen that probably shouldn't have been there. And it was just an exciting time to be uh, coming into this world. Um, At the time, too, motion design was pretty big in the commercial space, in the advertising uh, space, so there was more work than there was talent, and so, again, very exciting time for for me to be entering. Um, I worked for many years as a freelancer, bouncing around to many studios here in L.A., and eventually found myself at uh, Blind in Santa Monica uh, under my former teacher and became my boss, Chris Doe who was the uh, founder and owner of blind he brought me on as a creative director and i spent many many years there kind of ch- learning the trade from a creative director perspective going from somebody that does the work to somebody who has to direct a team to do the work and then being the liaison the the face to the client and i had to learn quite a bit there and then around 2016 Uh, Chris had been creating content on his YouTube channel, which at the time was called The School. Eventually it rebranded to The Future, where he was teaching uh, creative entrepreneurship. And one by one, he started recruiting us that worked over at Blind to start teaching and being a face on the channel. Not everybody made the transition, but I was one of the few that um, I was up for the challenge and then actually really enjoyed uh, teaching. I found that there were so many things locked up inside of me, things that I've kind of taken for granted as things that I do every day, things that I've spent a lot of time um, mastering my craft on and things that other people would actually find valuable. So his whole mission was to democratize really good uh, education that's typically private or behind closed doors. And that was something that I got behind um, uh, as his mission at, at the future. And so for about five years, I was creating content there on YouTube, we turned that into a full-fledged business, which was growing 300% year over year for the first few years. And then eventually we stopped doing client work. So we stopped doing work over at Blind, which was our motion design studio. And then eventually we just went, all of us went full-time over at the Future Creating Educational Content Online. And then around 2021, I for many many circumstances i just decided it was time to go on my own i felt like i've learned so much from my experience working with chris working as a creative director working uh, creating content online and i decided to go off on my own and the things i do these days is kind of a multitude of things i'm still a designer by trade but i think i'm an artist by heart and how i choose to express that i think is taking a lot of different forms from uh, content on my own channels on Instagram and YouTube, but then also building things and working on physical products and all kinds of stuff now. And it, maybe we can get into it as the conversation evolves, but I'll, I'll pause there.
0: Absolutely. No, what what a great overview. I mean, yeah, you know, a, anyone who's familiar with your channel and your work knows that uh, recently you've sort of like transitioned into more of this sort of... Um, artistic, expressive sort of content creation. And uh, I mean, you definitely uh, have inspired my office. I mean, it doesn't look exactly like yours, but you know, there's some really cool stuff that you've built in in your space that I'm just like, oh man, wouldn't that be great to have over here? (laughs) (laughs) But well, speaking of your time as creative director over at Blind, you know, I'd love to chat about the frame that you're sharing with us today. Um, So Mm -hmm. could you just tell us a little bit about the piece that you've selected?
1: Yeah, so maybe I'll pull that up on my end so I could reference that. This was from a project back in 2014. So it's nine years ago now. So I have to kind of travel back in time to this moment. And this was for a project for the band Coldplay. And it was a music video, interactive music video for their single Inc. on their album um, Ghost Stories. So I was the creative director on this uh, project. And this particular frame we're looking at is one of the endings that you can uh, unlock going through this interactive music video. So I want to pause there because I could talk about the details of the frame or I could talk about the kind of context of the project. Um, Let me know what you think will be helpful and then I'll kind of just take it one thing at a time because this is a big project and there's so many things to talk about.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no, if you could dive into some of the sort of the the context of the project, I think that would be great to sort of start out.
1: Yeah. Okay, great. So in 2014, uh, Coldplay had reached out to our studio, we had developed a relationship over the years with them. And they were looking for treatments, director's treatments for their single uh, ink. And for me, I grew up listening to Coldplay. Parachutes is still one of my favorite albums of all time. And I was just a a very young teenager when I came out. Uh, So for them to be reaching out to our studio and getting the opportunity, it was quite exciting for me as a director. And it was an open brief, which is both exciting and very daunting because it can be anything, but it can be anything, which means (laughs) it's like you the possibilities are endless and that can be very, very overwhelming to narrow down what it is that you might want to do. And that might be appropriate for them. It's fine trying to find a needle in a haystack a bit. Um, so anyway, they reached out, I sent the treatment in cause I was so excited, but you know, I, I pitched this idea of an interactive music video, because at the time this technology was starting to emerge. I started seeing, um, interactive music videos becoming a thing but it was super early I I didn't know anybody that actually made any any of them I just felt like oh this is kind of cool let me pitch this crazy idea to them and then see what happens because I knew I had to stand out if I wanted to grab their attention so I sent the pitch out and then a few weeks later they said okay we love it let's make it (laughs) and then And then I was scrambling at that moment, both excitement and fear that, oh my gosh, what did I just pitch? What did I just commit myself to? I don't even know what I'm doing. So I'm calling up all of my developer friends, anybody that knows anything about um, developing websites and programming. And all of them told me theories on how it can be done in the future. And (laughs) it it was very scary for me. I was like, shoot. Why did, why did I do this? And I I started to panic just a little bit, but then after I kind of got my first wave of inquiries out uh, from just peers and friends, I started reaching out even further to people I didn't know. And at this point I was full designer mode on my hat was the we'll figure it out. And I'm sure many people can relate to this, that sometimes you pitch ideas and you don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you figure it out, and that's the beauty of design, and that's the beauty about creativity is trying to connect the dots between things that most people don't see. So, sure. so from that, you know, it's just becoming very, very resourceful. So, eventually, I reached out to the folks over at Interlude. Uh, they're a company out of uh, Tel Aviv, I believe. They've now rebranded to Echo, and they've been developing an interactive video platform. And I saw them um, create and help other, other um, uh, interactive music videos. So I reached out to them, I name dropped Coldplay, hoping that they would respond to my cold email and within a week they did and they were interested and they became fantastic partners. So next few months, it just became all about execution. And the thing is I've never, at this point, never directed a music video before. I did in college, but that was a long time ago and that doesn't really count. And this is Coldplay. So there's just like the expectations are quite high. And then the other thing is like, I never directed an interactive music video. So it's not like you're just creating a single linear thing for two, three minutes. It's like, you're creating this intricate web of possibilities because the concept with this uh, video, it's like a choose your own adventure video. Mm -hmm. So, um, we're following a character who kind of wakes up washed up on the beach and he's kind of chasing the ghost of his long lost love. They kind of got separated in a shipwreck and your choices throughout the music video kind of determines his path. Do you kind of go down this path of darkness and depression or do you go through this path of aspiration and and trying to keep chasing this ghost? And depending on your choices throughout the video, it will unlock different versions of the video until you get to the very very end and the style frame that i've chosen one of the many is um, the most aspirational um ending where um by the end he's kind of set sail and 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 he's reached the edge of this giant waterfall but the ghost of his loved one um kind of saves him and you don't know if he died and went to the great beyond heaven with, uh, to meet his love or, you know, if she's actually there saving him. So it's kind of this beautiful, uh, ending, uh, for all these possibilities. So I'll stop there. There's tons of details that are in between. And I want to open up this opportunity for you to ask.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I'm so I mean, you couldn't have given a better overview about this piece, because I I know myself, I was actually revisiting this interactive piece yesterday, I know I played with it, gosh, maybe a couple of years ago now at this point, uh, you know, just to sort of check out what what it was about. Um, and so to revisit it just so recently, I was just like, Oh, wow, yeah, there's so much. There's so much into this project. And there, you know, being emotion designer myself knowing like technically what's going into it i was just like wow this is this is a really interesting piece but i don't even think i knew myself as i was sort of clicking through it and choosing the path for sort of the protagonist of this film right mm-hmm. you know that really was the concept of like you know Are they going to choose this sort of darker path, which might be sort of like, you know, a little depressive or whatever, or this more aspirational path that you just talked about? And I think that, wow, like that story is just so beautiful. But to kind of, to go back a little bit to like sort of, I guess, the whole ideation and and concept behind it, you know, I'm wondering two things, you know, how did you end up on the fact that you're like, well, we're going to create an interactive piece. But then on top of it, how did you, how did you come up with this sort of beautiful storyline and concept for it
1: yeah um so those are I'll start with the first one why interactive I think for me at the time I was just looking for a new challenge and as if directing a music video wasn't challenging enough but for, for me it was just mostly of I knew how to get their attention and like I was saying at the very beginning it was an open brief meaning it could be anything and at this point I don't know how many Director's treatments were stacked up on their desk that they're reviewing. So if everybody's kind of pitching a similar idea, I knew I had to do something that was just going to pop out, that's just going to stand out an, an inch on top of, it's going to land on top of the pile, right? And so that was my goal with it. And um, it's it's crazy. It's a little bold to be doing such things, but I feel like where you take the risk is where you get the most growth. So it was it was for that reason, both for me and then also just to grab their attention. Oh, very cool. And then the second question was about the um the the process of coming up with the interactive component for this, right? So
0: Yeah, like the 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 I guess sort of the the idea, the the concept of like, you know, here's this hero person and mm-hmm. the paths that he's going to choose. Right.
1: Yeah. So, you know, part of this was first obviously listening to the song, listening to the lyrics of the song and you know coldplay especially in their first album like my memories of coldplay is just like very kind of like melancholy you know it's like sometimes there's like little beautiful moments but there's also like a little bit of sadness in there and i that was always been my impression of the band and then this particular song even though it sounds a little bit more uplifting if you read the lyrics it it does feel a little, it can be depressing, interpreted um, uh, a a little bit darker. So it was just kind of this juxtaposition of those two feelings of like how it sound, how it felt, but then also reading into the lyrics. So that kind of inspired um, the story behind this. And then we just uh, thought up of like, it would be interesting if there was a, a central character and you are able to make the choices of, which type of path he would like to go something that's more beautiful and bright or something that's a little bit more sad and dark and that process was fascinating to do so we just had a simple kind of prompt like that and from there we were able to uh, generate a bunch of ideas that might fit there so we started really with just post it notes so these are the smallest type of post it notes colored post it notes and we had a big wall and Me and my team, we would just start writing out ideas. And if it was more on the aspirational end, maybe it would be on like a yellow post-it note. And if it was a little bit darker, it would be on a blue post-it note, for instance. And we, I forget the associations now, but we had different colors and we were trying to just, and then I think maybe pink might have, or green might have been like central. It's neutral. It's not necessarily bright and it's not necessarily dark. So we just came up with all of these possibilities for the path somebody might take. So this character, he gets washed up on shore, what happens next? And then what happens next? And then what happens next? So through that kind of prompt and storytelling process, we probably had hundreds of ideas mapped out on the wall, just as loose post-it notes. And then we started kind of rearranging them. From there, we took that to the next stage where we kind of graduated to a larger uh, post-it note and turned the words into little thumbnails. So we started sketching out what those things might look like and then eventually those became uh, thumbnails that we just had digitally that we produced in Photoshop and I ended up taking all of those ideas once I felt like we had a few clear paths that we could send our user and uh, protagonist on and then I started creating some kind of matrix basically it's like okay these sequence of images happen, and then there's a fork in a road, and you can make two two to three choices, and then so on and so forth. So really, just to keep things simple, in my mind, there were just three clear paths, but you can kind of bounce in between them. And one of the endings, the, the style frame we were looking at at the beginning here, is only possible if you did select a certain sequence of of choices throughout the video so it was really interesting to kind of figure that out and contain that in a way where i won't lose my mind in uh, unlimited possibilities but just trying to create like here are, if we were making three different music videos this is what it would look like here are the forks in the road that maybe happen every 30 seconds or so uh, and then here's what it would look like and uh, i just created this matrix which i provided an image for you storyboard really that would go it's this really really long panoramic that we printed out that we can kind of see and then we uh, had shot associations, so it's like shot 10 shot 20 shot 30 shot 40 and then a b and c so we had some kind of naming convention too to help us kind of keep track of everything like assign different artists to different um, uh, parts of the project and then also know where are we (laughs) Right. Uh, Where are we in this whole sequence? So that was just part of the uh, organization process uh, of all of that.
0: Very cool. No, I mean, I love the sort of the the stuff that you shared about this piece, you know, all of sort of the concept work and like everything that went into it from a storytelling perspective too. It's really interesting because, you know, like you said, with like some of the more commercial work, it's like a pretty linear story. This is obviously very nonlinear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just curious to hear from you too, you know, like how, d- how did it feel telling this kind of really crazy story of like, it could go in this direction or that direction? Like, Did you notice any similarities from some of the more commercial work that you did with this piece, even though there was this obviously big difference in that it's just not traditional.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it felt really exciting. It was, it was daunting again for all the pressure and, and expectations that came along with this. So I I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself uh, for that, but at the same time working with Coldplay and the band manager they were really relaxed about it. And I think they're artists themselves. And that can usually go one of two ways, right? One is they're very hands-on and want every single detail to be exactly how they want it. Or the opposite, which was actually my experience with them, is they realize they're working with another artist, another set of creatives, so that they're good at what they do. We'll right. let them do what they want to do. And that was my experience. There was no notes for this entire thing. to, And that was the experience that I had, which is crazy. i have never had a client where there was no notes. There was suggestions for like how we should execute and just more of the, how do we launch this thing? But there was no notes on, oh, can we move this character here? Or I don't like that color. There was none of that. It was a dream project from that point. I was like, okay, so it's all on me everything I, I, that's on screen is like me and my team and it, it's our decision. So how it comes across again, that's both liberating and free and fun, but also lots of pressure because like we're representing the band and their creativity and we're interpreting that. So we had to be responsible champions for their own work and make sure that we're translating that well. But yeah, that was, that's kind of my, my feeling about all of this. And, and that's very different from the commercial work where we, because Commercial work, especially at the time, it's just 30-second commercials. You kind of review every single scene, every single frame, and then every detail matters, both from a legal perspective, both from a marketing perspective, and then um, both from the uh, kind of creative and ex- execution perspective. So it, it gets heavily scrutinized to make sure that it's serving many, many purposes Um, Because that's the point of a TV commercial. It's supposed to be uh, entertaining and engaging, but also uh, informative and help push the product. Because if it doesn't push the product, then it's a useless TV commercial, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So usually with commercial work, that is the expectation, that is the scrutiny that it goes to. And this music video was quite the opposite of that. It's very different.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, No, it's, it's very cool to hear like, you know, what, what those differences looked like, you know, as you were sort of executing on it and everything, it sounds like it was like a really true sort of like, just special narrative. Um, And again, the fact that they were sort of just like, we love it. No, notes. I mean, like, what more could you ask for from a client, right? I know. (laughs) Well, speaking of this, this particular frame from mm-hmm. the project, you know, I know you addressed at the top of the show that, you know, the story was like, you know, this guy's following the ghost of his uh, girlfriend or wife or whomever, um, you know, and so you you started to talk about how, you know, like, there's there's this one path that he could have taken, there's this other one. In regards to the color, you know, like how did you, you know, what were some of the design decisions around the colors that you chose for, you know, these sort of different paths in the video? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so uh, I worked with a, a fantastic team uh, for this project. I was the creative director. My art director was Paul Kim. Uh, I went to school with him at Art Center. He's been around the block at all the different studios. He's an amazing illustrator, amazing painter. He's just all around amazing creative uh, person. And uh, I also had a bunch of other people who were just talented in terms of storyboarding, uh, visual development, background design, character design. And yeah, so I had the privilege of working with an awesome team. But Paul was one of the key persons that I kind of leaned towards to help come up with the visual style for this. And I knew I wanted something that was very representative of those kind of three main paths uh, for the music video, something that felt very soft and light and aspirational, something that felt a little bit more grounded and down to earth, and then something that felt a little bit darker. So that heavily influenced our choices where the most aspirational version would be, you know, like really soft pastels, bright and warm colors. Um, Things would be a little bit more creamy and light. Um, The things that were more grounded definitely had a, full range of contrast full range of colors that we can explore and then the darker path would just be a lot more cooler colors um things that are like um i'm thinking uh sleeping beauty and the uh who's the who's the antagonist in there the the witch or the sorcerer but anyway like it's yes, it's yeah. very dark right like purples right. and blues and greens things that are a little bit more cool and definitely on the lower end end of the value range so you could just see between the three paths if you were to line them up they visually looked um very different
0: yeah no definitely no and you can totally see it especially in the one frame where you know the protagonist is kind of approaching these two different paths initially Mm -hmm. um in the film the interactive film um well you know you you touched on this a little bit you talked about the the character's character design a little bit with your art director you know how did you how did you settle on these particular character designs for this film as well
1: Yeah so it was interesting we went through an exploration of different ways that the character could be represented uh, represented and at first we made this character definitely kind of like long and lanky and then had facial expressions but that presented two challenges one is like okay we have to animate this character's facial expressions which is which is it's it's its own thing right like there could be a whole artist or artists uh dedicated to that uh, but at the same time it felt a little weird to give him an expression because i don't know maybe it was just how i felt about the song and the feelings that it evoked for me i felt like what if we made him a little bit more faceless and then his, the way that he motes is through his body expression. And same with the female character in here. So there's two main characters that we follow. So I felt like it would be a little bit more interesting if they were f- faceless and faceless, but meaning they just don't have the details of their pupils and eyes and eyebrows and mouth shape and all of their expression would come through their body language. And cool. um, so that that's why we kind of designed them that way. And then for the two characters, Um, our main character is kind of walking through the scene. So we created this little 2D puppet in uh, After Effects that was mostly rigged up by uh, Rachel Yonda. She's an amazing animator, amazing illustrator. And she just, like, I can barely rig some things. She had crazy sliders and all kinds of, it was like the most organized and amazing file I've ever seen where she had all these uh, nulls and controllers. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I want. So I had her build basically a little toolkit of our main character that could be used through every scene because we we had to create, I don't know, maybe I I would say a few hundred scenes. I, I don't even know total right now, but imagine it's like we have to animate this character all the time. So I wanted her to create this character that we could pretty much use in all the scenes. Um, since we're following him. So uh, she was able to develop a nice rig, a few versions of that rig, depending on the focal length and what he would be doing. And then our female character, the one he's chasing, I wanted her to have like a just a different quality. So for her, she's actually all uh, cell animated frame by frame. And because she has like long hair and a flowy dress, like I wanted those things to be very expressive and and just like always flowing whenever we see her. So all of those are hand animated um, frame by frame. So those were kind of like two different approaches um, for these characters and um, how and why we kind of chose the way they look and how they move.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome to hear from a technical perspective that, you know, you kind of took two different approaches with the characters too. That one was, you know, a bit more rigged in terms of technicality, but then the other was kind of just, you know, this hand-drawn sort of expressive way of sort of uh, animating a character. So it's really cool to kind of even see that, you know, you know, there's this, there's this theme of choosing paths and juxtaposition and stuff like that. And just even with the character sort of like just development too, you can kind of see a little bit of that, which is really awesome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, the, the the theme of this film, this interactive film that, that you uh, worked on with your team, you know, I believe I saw either on your case study or on the, the music video itself for Coldplay on YouTube that, you know, the, the theme behind it is like, you know, choosing a path to love. I know you and I have discussed that, you know, that there, that also is like sort of indicative of like choosing, you know, your own path of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, how did, you, how did you know what sort of visual elements uh, you were going to use in this film to sort of bring out that theme? Hmm.
1: I think a lot of... At some point in the process, I don't remember exactly when, I thought of our character as an explorer himself. Right, so anything that kind of related to exploring, so being out on the water, being out on a boat, one of the totems in there is is, um, is a compass, right, to help him find his way. Uh, and then, so he gets washed up on an island, and then it's all about exploration from there. And then later in the music video, um, he's kind of looking up to the skies, right? A lot of uh, old explorers would use the stars to kind of map um, where they are, where they're going, and utilize, obviously, the sun to know which direction they're headed. So those types of elements um, around exploration became the thing that kind of grounded and developed our visual language for the world.
0: Oh, very cool. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, well, and you can you can obviously see that in this film too, um, you know, with, with those key elements that you just touched upon. Um, That's awesome. Well, I know that you also gave a TED talk um, a few years back, uh, where you touched upon this project as well. And when I was watching uh, your TED talk about this piece, you made a comment about how, when you're young, you're fearless. And I feel like you can send some of that statement in this piece as well. You know, whether that's being fearless in the pursuit of love, you know, the journey of pursuing love itself, uh, and just being fearless in the pursuit of anything. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, did the theme of being fearless in one's own pursuit of something, you know, contribute to some of the decisions you made in this piece as well? I guess, you know, it touches upon the exploration stuff that you just spoke about, but you know, I'm just curious.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't, At the time, and even now, I don't necessarily see myself as being somebody who's fearless. I'm definitely fearful of a lot of things. And it's just one of these things where, especially as a motion designer, as a creative director, where you have to catch people's attention, you have to grab their imagination and make the client or people you're working with and the audience you're you're creating for excited about the idea that you're doing as well. Right. So if you're creating things that are kind of like, eh, it's like, I've done this before. Eh, I've done this before. You're not excited about it. So, you, how can you possibly convince anybody else to be excited about it? Right. So, when I pitch this, and as with many other projects I've done throughout uh, my lifetime, is I kind of pitch just outside of my comfort zone. Someplace right out here, it's like, okay, I've done all of this. Like, what is the next challenge? So, if I pitch something out here, There's an idea out here that I'm chasing that I kind of want to do. I don't quite know if it's possible, but I know I can figure it out. I guess that's where I become a little fearless. But the moment they say, yeah, okay, let's do it. Then I get fearful. It's like, oh, shoot. And that's the fire under my butt to make it happen, to figure it out, to make it work. And I truly believe that you know, with a lot of ideas we come up with, those are all from influences from things that we experience every day and throughout our life, right? We're just connecting the dots that our subconscious brain is looking out for that our curiosity is searching for. And when I knew that there were interactive music videos out there, or interactive um, video in general, I was like, yeah, that would be a cool idea. And so knowing that that was a possibility, I knew that I could figure it out. And that with enough motivation, meaning a client said, yes, let's do this. And somebody's going to pay for it. It's like, okay, great. Now I have to figure it out. And, and (laughs) that, that I I think it's just that, it's just being a little bit bold and and again, getting excited about an idea and then conveying that excitement to, to other people is the reason why I push a little bit outside of my comfort zone. And I guess where you can consider me being a little bit fearless.
0: No, it's cool. Well, that that ties in a little bit to this next question I wanted to ask you, too, because, you know, not only does it sound like, you know, when you're outside of that comfort zone, you know, the, the window of possibilities opens up even a little bit more. But in this in, this, in the same TED talk, um, you also said anything worthwhile is always going to make you uncomfortable. Um, But when you start before you're ready, like you just said, um, amazing things can happen. And I feel like maybe this, you know, this comes full circle, not only in the discussion of this frame and this project, but also where you are in your career today. Mm -hmm. Um, You started out on one path and are perhaps maybe on an entirely different one now. Mm -hmm. But when you look back on this Coldplay project, you know, did you ever think that maybe this project could be a catalyst that would open you up to the possibilities of, you know, what you're currently doing? Um, and some, some of the things that you hadn't considered before,
1: uh, with a lot of projects, <clears throat> I push, uh, outside my comfort zone to know that I can grow, but I have no expectations beyond that. Uh, I, I try not to say, well, if I do this and I'm going to be able to accomplish this, I, I, I kind of take it one step at a time and, and just look at the, fr- the step right in front of me. That's all I care about. And then doing that very well. And then once I take that step, I could look back and say like, wow, look at all the things I accomplished. What else can I do next? And what I'm doing now in terms of my career and all the possibilities that I'm exploring right now, I could have never predicted nine years ago when I was working on this project, I never planned this for myself necessarily. It was just a bunch of cumulative experiences that added up. Uh, me being curious and seeing as a creative how to connect the dots between possibilities for creative expression monetization how to earn money from these things and then finding the opportunities to kind of loop all of these things together um, that just took a lot of time that just took experience to be able to see the dots with experience and and effort Uh, but i never planned this i never i never said nine years ago like hey uh, nine years from now, I'm going to quit my job, I'm going to not be doing client work, and I'm going to be exploring how I can use my design and creativity approach for a multitude of things. Never, never planned that, but I'm here now.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And now that you're sort of sort of outside of motion design, you know, you just said, you know, my my design approach to things, you know. Do you find that your approach to what the work that you do now is similar to some of the motion stuff that you've done in the past or is it wildly different?
1: Yes, I would say that my process as the designer has been the same no matter what it is I'm creating, whether that's a video, a table for my office, um, figuring out how to direct uh, a documentary film, which I did in twenty. In 20- 21 like a docu-series like anything in this music video that we've been reviewing all of it is comes from this we'll figure it out mentality that I think you you pick up as a designer and you realize that there is a very tried and true process that you can apply to figuring out anything it was a Massimo uh, Vignelli who had the quotes like If you can design one thing, you can design anything, right? And so, and I truly believe that because I've experienced that myself and it's just having a clear goal, understanding the challenge and the constraints, you know, where it's going, who you're making it for and what purpose is it serving? And then going through the process of creating and iterating and refining until you get to the thing that achieves the goal. And that's pretty much how I approach anything that I create in my life. Uh, uh, and it's it's a process that I've learned, you know, back as a graphic designer back in the day, but things that have just evolved and helped me understand how this process can be refined and how it can apply to pretty much anything. And the more you do it, the more you realize how easy it is to build things. It's, I mean, easy in the sense of like, you can, you could see the vision, uh, it still takes a lot of effort to to create and, and do these things. But you, you know that it's possible because you've done it before. You've been in, quote unquote, impossible situations where it's like, I didn't know how to make an interactive music video. I don't even know why I was so bold enough to pitch that. But, you know, after a few months of working on that project, it was done and I was able to, to do it. And that's happened throughout my career. And I think many other creatives and designers can relate to that as well.
0: Absolutely. You know, I, at the core of what we're doing, right. Is like you, what you just said, you know, we're these sort of creative problem solvers Mm -hmm. and what sort of like ties everything together is, you know, we have, we have this vision or a vision. We can clearly see it, but like you said, you know, you just kind of have to sort of figure out how to get there, figure out how you're going to express it. Um, So, you know, it's just kind of really cool to hear coming, you know, full circle with everything that, you know, it's just sort of a tried and true process for you. And it's, uh, you know, it's really cool to see that in everything that you approach.
1: Yeah. Well, And I wanted, to oh. add, I wanted to add to that. I think where a lot of us get caught up, especially if you've gone to art school or design school or have worked in this career for a long time as a motion designer, we feel like our creativity, the only output is something visual. And our creativity is so much more than that. It's just, again, connecting the dots in places where others can't see it. So I think if you expand your mind to what you can accomplish as a creative, where you can apply your creativity, solving business problems or finding opportunities between this idea and something, maybe something a brand wants and then connecting the dots. It's like you can you can use your creativity for a lot of things. Uh, to solve all kinds of interesting problems in novel and interesting ways outside of something that is a visual output, right? And I think that would be one thing that I want to make sure that everyone, as they're going through their life and their career, that they can see that for themselves so that they can use their creativity beyond something that are just pixels on a screen.
0: Absolutely. No, that's so beautifully said, Matthew. And I couldn't agree more with that. Um. Yeah. No. That's gonna have to be like a poster, maybe somewhere in this <laughs> office too. Inspired not only by your office, but then now a poster in your office. Yeah. So this is gonna be the Matthew and C in the themed office yeah. going forward. <laughs> well, before we wrap things up, you know, I do have to come back to this frame uh, one last time mm-hmm. and ask, you know, what would you say was the biggest challenge about working on this project? Hmm.
1: I think the biggest challenge about. Uh... Working on this project, it definitely was, Mm, man, hold on, give me a second to collect my thoughts on this one, because there's so many little things. Initially, my thoughts are that the interactive components and kind of just mapping that out was probably the most challenging thing. I think coming up with the storyboard matrix and coming up with a process that was organized that everyone else could understand, something that we could plug into the back end and the interactive component Uh, on the technology side, I think figuring all of that part out was actually the most challenging, like all the visual stuff was, was Fantastic, and my team did such a great job on all of that. But I think for me, trying to organize all of this thing, this thing that didn't exist before, <laughs> and trying to create a skeleton so that others can kind of fill in uh the blanks and and help bring this to fruition was probably the most challenging part for me.
0: Oh, for sure. No, that makes complete sense. Well, now knowing that that was the biggest challenge of this piece, what would you say was the biggest reward of working on this project?
1: Ooh, the biggest reward. Uh I think the biggest reward was just figuring out that I can do it. I, I think this was a big challenge for me because this was this was a milestone for something that I hadn't really done before. I think working on TV commercials for a long time, it's like you produce these all the time, 30 second spots all the time. And each one have their own creative challenge and that's fantastic. But even you know, after a while it does it can become stale and you every so often in your career you get these challenges these opportunities where it feels way bigger than anything you've ever done and so for me the biggest reward was just being able to earn my you know my boy scout badge to say like look i learned how to make a fire i learned how to do this this time and that's going to be with me forever so that if another project or problem comes along whether it looks like an interactive music video or something even more grand and more challenging, I know I can look back at this project and my badge and say, Oh, I could probably figure it out.
0: That's awesome. I love that. I love how you tie that up at the end. Well, this might have a similar response uh, as well, but uh, I always have to ask this at the end you know, what about this frame makes it your favorite frame?
1: Mm, that's a great question. This frame is the most aspirational ending that you can achieve in the film. And I think it's one of the most beautifully composed. I love the colors here. Paul Kim did a great job of kind of illustrating this and coming up with these just subtle colors and textures um, that really brought this thing to life. But to me, it's also a more meaningful Uh, moment as this kind of this character reminds me of myself, not that I'm dying and falling off of a cliff, but I'm going into something beyond. And now that I look back, since we're talking about motion designs, like motion design has been a big part of my life, at least 10 years of my life, if not more. And it's not that I've left it behind. And it was just a beautiful part of my own journey. Now I'm on to the next thing. And what that next thing is, I'm still discovering. And Hopefully, uh, for those who aspire to do other things with their creativity, they'll find that they're going down a career or climbing up a ladder, climbing up a mountain, whatever analogy you want to use. That's not the end. And you can find something else. You can find another place to dedicate all of your creative uh, creative magic and energy towards something that maybe can become uh, fulfilling for you. maybe even more fulfilling than 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 what you're currently doing. And I think you go through all these moments of making choices, learning something new, and then growing from there. And I, I think this particular frame is definitely representational of that um, for me in in my own journey.
0: That's awesome. I mean, what a beautiful, again, another beautiful way to sort of describe that, like, you know, the you're not at the end of the road, that the road is sort of continuous and infinite because of all the possibilities that are out there. Um, It's really cool to hear that, like, you know, a little little piece of you, you can see a little piece of you in this frame um, from this awesome project that you worked on. Well, I mean, this has been so cool that you've been able to share this project with us today. You know, thank you so much for sharing it with us today, Matthew, and walking us through your sort of creative approach and thinking. Um, if people want to connect with you and learn more about what you're working on, what's the best way for them to do so?
1: Yeah, uh, you can find more about me at Matthewincena.com.
0: Awesome, perfect. Well, we'll share the in, your information, your website, and some of the resources we mentioned here for our audience to check out. But that wraps it up for today, everyone. Feel free to email us at styleframesatpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, if you like what you see and hear here, don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and review the show on your favorite podcasting platforms as well. And lastly, come connect with us on social. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you again, Matthew, for joining us today. And we'll see you all in the next one. Thanks for having me.